Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Resource Room Podcast, where we are talking about the routines that you need in your resource room. Last week, we talked about computation. This week, we're going to talk more about math facts. Out of my 30-minute small group math time, this takes maybe three minutes, okay? And I'm talking more older kids who are past just learning five plus five, six plus six, things like that, who are really working on larger, more difficult computation, but we know math facts are hard for them or something that takes them a long time and definitely something that we need to practice. One day as I was giving a time math fact test, another teacher friend of mine was in my room for whatever reason and she said, Oh my gosh, how dare you giving all these kids anxiety and making them take a timed math fact test. And while yes, that is anxiety inducing for a lot of our kids, I do think that it is important to have in the resource room. And I think it's important for a couple of reasons. Number one, we can help them practice using their tools, their supports, their accommodations that they're allowed to have. We can help them practice that in a safe environment. And the reason that we need to do that in a safe environment is because oftentimes in their classrooms, their teacher might be giving a weekly timed math fact test or a daily timed math fact test. And if they never get the opportunity to practice in a safe place or in a small group or using some of their tools, that's gonna be very intimidating whenever they get in their classroom and suddenly they have to do a timed math fact test. So I think it's important for them to practice using their tools, but also get used to that so that when they hear it's time for a time math fact test, it's not like instant nerves or instant anxiety or shock that it's something that they're doing all the time. This is just one more opportunity to do it. So for those of you who hate timed math fact tests, I'm sorry, don't hate me. Don't turn it off right now. That is my reasoning. I believe in letting them start where they are. I'm not going to say I need you to get 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 problems in a minute. No way. I'm fine if we get two the first time and our goal is to get four or five and slowly build up. We talk a lot in my room about how we're all working on our own goals. We're all working towards the next step and we cheerlead each other to see, hey, good job. You know, last time you only got two, now you got four. Even now you got three. All of those things are worthy of being celebrated, and we do. Now, during that time where we are practicing that timed math fact test, that gives us an opportunity to use a lot of the tools, a lot of the resources that our students have available to them. For example, Most of our students are allowed or we could put in their IEP to be allowed to use a hundreds chart, 
or a multiplication chart depending on what level of math facts they're working on. Maybe you're not a fan of a hundreds chart, but you'd rather them use a number line or you'd rather them use touch points. Whatever tool or tools you want them to use, that's fine, but give them time to practice that so that then when they're in their gen ed classroom, and again, they should have access to those same tools and those same resources, then they know how to use it. One thing that I've seen over and over again, whether it be in real life in my actual school or teaching job or online, people will comment about how, well, we gave them this, we gave them that. Well, that's great, but it's really easy to use a number line and be one off on all of your answers because you don't know how to use that number line. It takes practice. It takes time. For some of our kids, using a multiplication chart, that takes a little bit of coordination to get one finger to slide over and one finger to slide down to get to the right answer. That takes practice. So give your students kind of a safe space to practice those problems and in a timed fashion, that way it's not taking up a huge amount of your time, but you're working on it each and every day. Now let's talk a little bit about progress monitoring. So again, a lot of our students have goals that maybe we inherited that don't quite fit our routine. Maybe we have goals that we have written ourselves that at the time we didn't have a routine, therefore we didn't really write anything that made sense. And so now it's time to start looking at those goals and seeing how can you fit it into your routine to make your life progress monitoring wise a little bit easier. For me, if I'm talking about a student who maybe has a multiplication fact goal, in my math fact intervention, I do have some timed math fact tests that I put at the end of our booklets and we do that in one minute every day. So maybe I write a math fact goal of when given one minute, they'll be able to get X number of problems correct. And usually I would be basing that off, okay, right now, they're able to solve 10 problems. Maybe we wanna get them to 20 or 30 problems in a minute, whatever is realistic. Maybe a timed math fact test isn't really gonna work for that particular student or for your routine. Maybe you don't use that every day. So instead, maybe in that intervention booklet, you use the left-hand side of the page where it has 21 multiplication problems. To me, one of them is gonna be a throwaway and we're just gonna use 20. So maybe whenever I write that goal, I say, when given 20 multiplication problems or when given 10 multiplication problems, they'll be able to solve them with whatever percentage of accuracy you think is appropriate. What I love about both of those is you never ever have to stop what you're doing or stop instruction in order to progress monitor. You can literally incorporate that into what you're doing each and every day. That way, if you do have a student who their IEP goal is a timed math fact test and somebody else's IEP goal is just, here's 20 problems, get as many of them right as you can, you never have to stop what you're doing and give one student this and another student that. You can do it all in one day and you've just progress monitored all of your students in that particular group. One of the biggest things that I have seen with special education teachers, both that I see every day at school 
or online, whether it be through email or Facebook groups, is they are making progress monitoring this big, hairy, scary thing that it doesn't have to be. It can be something that you are incorporating into what you're doing every day. Make it simple, make it easy. And not that we wanna keep track of all that data, but we could literally track data every day if we wanted to, or if we had to. Some of us have to progress monitor once in nine weeks, twice in nine weeks, three times in nine weeks. Some of us even every single week on every single goal. The only way that you're gonna do that without ripping your hair out is to be able to do it in what you're doing every day. Now, today's episode was a little bit shorter, and I'm gonna say that that is because this is such a teeny tiny bit of your routine. For me, it takes me about three minutes. One minute for the actual time of the test, I give them one minute to take it, and then I have them count up their scores, see how many they get, and in my little booklets, we have a spot where we put How many did we get? What is our goal for that day? And that way we can kind of keep track of that. Then if they achieve their goal, let's say we're working to get 12 facts correct in a minute. If they get that, then I go check them for accuracy because we all know sometimes they might say that they actually had 12, but maybe only nine of them were correct. So that's what I do for about three minutes of my group. It doesn't take a lot of time but I do think it is an essential piece. Next week, we'll be talking all about word problems. So I'll talk to you then. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.